All right, here we go again. Week three of the uh, Softy Hawk Blogger podcast uh, right here on Sports Radio KJR. I uh, hope we have a different result, by the way, on Sunday than we had the last couple of weeks. And I told you, Brian, if they keep losing, we may have to squash this whole thing because I feel like we have some power. I feel partially responsible for what's been happening on the field. Uh, do you share that same responsibility with me, pal? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think uh, I think you got to do better, Dave. I yeah, think uh, yeah. I expect more from you. Yep. I, I expect uh, you to compete every day. Yep. And, uh, you know, always win forever. I'm so. just trying to win the day, baby, and yeah. we're not doing that. Well, how about how about we win a game? I feel like Jim Morris Sr. I, I'm just trying to win a game here. I mean, how, how big does this game feel to you on Sunday? And I'll ask you the same question I asked my audience. Is it important for the Hawks to not just win this game but look really good doing it Sunday? Nah, no. I mean, it, it 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 would be nice, of course. I mean, I think uh, they they just need a win, and um, it, it, I don't think it feels big. It only feels big if if they lose. Um, quite honestly, mm. I think uh, I don't think they they can really convince anybody by going out there and winning um, against the Bears at home in this situation without Cutler that that you know they're any better than they were last week. But um, look, I, I think the bigger story here, Dave, is they were a lot better last week yeah. than they were the first week. I think that got lost in, in, yeah. in a lot of the conversation, and I expect them to be better again this week. Yeah, I think if they would have played the Rams again last Sunday, they would have won uh, as opposed to losing in week one. And, and I'm with you on uh, some fronts. Uh, number one, the offense, I thought in the third quarter, looked really good. And it was no surprise to me that they looked good when they had Russell moving the pocket. I mean, I've been barking for that for for months and months and months and years that, hey, man, let's not turn Russell Wilson into Dan Marino or Peyton Manning. Let's tap that guy's athleticism. And when they move that pocket and he's freezing linebackers and safeties and they give him the option, Brian, to run or throw, I, I just think they're a totally different offense. Yeah, you know, I uh, not to uh, plug my own stuff, but oh, I, yeah. I, I, I was doing some research last night and wrote an article this morning, and I'm sure you've already read it like five yes. times. So in this is, in this five is languages, by the way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but um, so Russell's um, actually, you know, as much as the offensive line takes a lot of criticism, he's under less pressure this year per drop back than any year in his career so far. Mm. Only two games. Um, I think we all saw the six sacks, but... Um, the offensive line is actually protecting pretty well. He's also um, running less play action by significantly less, almost half as much per drop back. So they're not using play action, and they're not throwing the ball deep um, the way they normally do. These are things that Russell Wilson excels at, play action passing, the deep ball, and they just haven't been doing it. And, and my theory, uh, Dave, is that I think they're scared to death about the offensive line. And I think they've been instituting this short passing game to kind of, you know, make sure that Russell wasn't going to get killed in these first two games. And I think in that third quarter, what they realized is, wow, they're actually doing okay. Yeah. Russell can stand in that pocket and get a lot of time. He was only sacked twice, and one of those was him running out of bounds behind the line of scrimmage. So, you know, he was only even hit a couple of times. So I think that people are going to start realizing that this offensive line is pass protecting better. I think the coaching staff's going to gain more confidence. Russell's going to gain more confidence. And what I want to see is I want to see them push the ball down the field. That's Seahawks football. That's the way Russell passes. Yeah. And, and let's get that going. Yeah, and I think it would help to go pick up the pace a little bit. You know, I don't necessarily want these guys to turn into a no-huddle, 9,500 plays-a-game college football air raid offense. 
But I thought there were times in that game on Sunday, Brian, against Green Bay where they had chances to kind of maybe step on the gas a bit and, and didn't do it. And I was talking to Mike about this yesterday, Holmgren, on the radio show, that even at the end of the first quarter when they're kind of moving the ball a bit and they got Green Bay on its heels and they let the clock run out at the end of the first quarter with about 30 seconds to go, I would have liked to have seen them say, hey, look, you know, to heck with getting to the break, to heck with getting to the commercial. Let's keep our foot on the gas here and see if we can gain some more ground. And I just think there's an attitude and a mentality that you have to get into, and I'm not sure if this football team is quite there yet. Yeah, it it really does feel like a, a team that's still feeling its way totally. uh, a little yep. bit, on, yep. on, really on both sides of the ball. And, you know, there, the, what was encouraging is we saw glimpses of them getting it. I, I think, you know, yes, Green Bay put up 27 points and, and that hurt and, and Aaron Rodgers had a really good fourth quarter. But they played, they played really good football um, through three quarters against the, the Packers defensively, which is, I mean, it was a tough place to play, I'll, I'll tell you. And... And on offense, yeah, we saw them kind of get it together. And I think that you're right. The more aggressive they are, the more they lean forward, the better this team plays on both sides of the ball. So, um, you know, I don't want to sound like uh, Pollyanna, that everything's perfect. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Drew Nowak had a really tough time at center, and that yeah. was pretty concerning because it was a physical problem, not a, a mental one. And you can't really correct physical problems that easily. So so I think yeah. that's that's a real issue. But but I thought there was a lot of other things that were encouraging about that game. Yeah, there were, no doubt. And now uh, moving ahead to Chicago on Sunday, and I disagree with you a little bit, maybe only just from my personal perspective. I mean, hey, look, you know, if you win the game, you're one and two, uh, whether you win it by 70 or win it by seven. But I think if they struggle with Chicago and they allow the Bears to move the football, especially through the air without Cutler and without Alshon Jeffrey, there's going to be a lot of concerns. Uh, I think not just from the fan base on, on Monday morning, but I think, Brian, also inside that locker room. Uh, you know, what's gone wrong the last three games? How come our defense is getting pushed around? And some would say, well, it's Cam's first game back. Let's let him settle in and see how they are in week six or seven. But I think if this football team is going to go where they want to go, there's absolutely no reason why with a healthy Cam Chancellor, I don't care if it's week one or week 10 for him, that they should allow uh, Jimmy Clausen and the dreck the Bears have out there with him to push them around offensively. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's that's true. Um, so I don't know that we're disagreeing there, and I always like disagreeing with you because it's more fun. But... I'm trying to bring up stuff that you disagree with. <laughs> Maybe I should just say something stupid, then you yeah, can just well, jump Well, you know, that me. shouldn't be hard for yeah, either. Thank of us, you. But... Thank you. <laughs> but uh, you know, I guess I guess the way I look at it, Dave, is even if let's just like go crazy here, and Jimmy Clausen has a good game against the the Seahawks, but they win. You know, the Seahawks win. You know, I just have a ton of confidence in that the talent on the defensive side of the ball, you know, finding their way. It's game three. Um, I don't think Kerry Williams has looked terrible. Um, I thought he's played fine. Um, I think Therald Simon hopefully eventually will get healthy again, and that would help. But I thought Marcus Burley played okay um, in that game. So, uh, you know, are we really worried that Bobby Wagner, K.J. Wright, Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman, and Earl Thomas aren't going to – you know, play the way they've played the past yeah. three years. That's not, that's not what I'm worried about. I'm not that worried yeah. about no, that. No, no. And, and, and we're not talking about Kerry Williams or, or Marcus Burley really playing poorly. So, so then it's just a matter of them finding their way. And I think we have to have confidence in that. I think, I think honestly, the most disappointing part of the defense through the first two games has been the front four. 
mean, I mean, really? for me, yeah, yeah. Because I, I mean, look, James Starks runs all over us against the Packers. I know some of that's the well, linebackers, obviously. Right there. What? Okay, that he did going, not though. run all over us? He did not run. Oh wow! Then you were watching a different game. He had one yard, one run of thirty-five yards. Big run. It counted. That happened. Not going to take it off. Every other run, he averaged three points. Okay, and how many runs at significant moments that became first downs and continued drives did James Starks have in that game? Well, do you have that in front of you? I don't, don't. but I will. I'll call you later, (laughs) and I'll give you the info. I'm bringing real numbers, man. I I think. Oh, I'm bringing fake numbers. Yeah, well, you gotta you gotta have it. I mean, I think I think that uh, that was overplayed. I thought they they held James Starks in check most of the time. They had one. Um, they had one break, and and that was an issue. But every you know Eddie Lacy and uh, James Stark overall, other than that one run, under you know close to three yards of carry. They did the same thing the week before. It was three yards of carry. I think the run defense has been better than than people realize. Hmm. How about getting Cam back? Uh, do we expect him to be that uh, heat-seeking missile in Game One? Uh, that we know he'll be in game 10. What are you expecting from uh, 31 Sunday? I got to say, like, I almost wish he wasn't playing this week. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm, a, I'm in it for the long haul. You know, I'm a little concerned about a guy that hasn't been um, in practice or, or anything for months coming back and within a few days going full speed in, in game. And, you know, that's when you get muscle pulls and tweaks and, and, and uh, you lose them for a longer period. So, I would have just assumed they they would have you know practiced him this week and got him ready for next week. But um, you know if he comes out healthy, then I don't care how he plays. Yeah. To be honest, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just want him to 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 come out and and uh, be okay. What uh, what was your take? I don't know if you heard my opening monologue on Wednesday uh, when when Cam came back, um, but what was your take on the criticism that he took for his press conference? The whole fr- you know, Cam forgives thing. I gotta say that that felt very media, um, a media driven thing. I thought it almost seemed like the media was offended. <laughs> I'm not you know, offended by it. Doesn't read, bother me at all. I didn't hear your. I didn't have to admit I haven't heard your your monologue, so I'll have to go back and listen to that. But I was responding to the Seattle Times article that Larry Stone wrote, and you know that it was tone deaf, and that uh, you know he owed an apology to the fans. You know. People don't I – mean, you're on Twitter. Do you see what people say to people on Twitter? Oh, yeah. yeah. I know exactly yeah. what Cam was saying. He's I do, like, too. Right. You know, right. I'm not going to strike back at all the people that said horrible things about me and, and my family and anything other than that. He's just saying bygones be bygones. And it's his business. So I don't, I don't need an apology from Cam Chancellor. I just want him to come out and play and, and yeah. Uh, yeah. represent my team. Let me tell you, I, uh, as far as his press conference on, on Wednesday, uh, I don't give a damn about anything he said at that podium. And I guess he could have said something that would have offended me. He didn't do that, obviously. But I, I just, I, I'm so just consumed by the fact that he's back. It's, <laughs> it's really all that matters to me when it's all said and done. What, and, you, what was your reaction when you well, heard? My where, reaction, where were you and how did you react? I was, uh, it was 6.30 in the morning and I was uh-huh. up because my wife gets up at 5 o'clock to go to work. And God bless her because if she wasn't up, I wouldn't have been up and I would have missed the news. And I, I just pumped my fist in the air. I said, "Let's go! Here we go! He's back! You know, thirty-one's yeah. back!" And you know, I'm 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 totally with you. And I said this on my show, I think yesterday, as far as him saying he forgives people. 
I, I, I think he's more referring to the nastiness that he got on social media. I've heard from some people close to him that it got kind of racial at times, sure which did. is totally unacceptable, obviously. I mean, you know, look, clearly there's people that disagree with his stance. There's players that disagree with his stance. But nobody should ever have to be subjected to the crap that he was subjected to on Twitter when things are getting personal and they're getting racial the way they were. So I, I think that's what he was referring to. Maybe down the road one day I can ask him, hey, what did you mean by you forgive your teammates? You know, what did you mean by that? And was there any <laughs> fence mending that had to be done there? Because I was in the locker room Wednesday and I didn't see anybody who wasn't thrilled to have that guy back. Well, I'm sure everyone had was thrilled to have him back. But I think when you're, when you're out on there on your own, uh, away from the team, and you see things like Earl Thomas, Yep. You know, say, hey, he's not here. I'm not, you know, he's not part of this team right now. I'm not going to talk about it. You see Doug mentioned, I think, in an interview you had with him, like, I can't say I always agree with what he did, but I support him as a team. Like, I mean, I don't think a lot of the players appreciated having a guy that caliber, you know, not in battle with them. And I think that Seahawks fans owe a huge debt of gratitude to a very unexpected source. Ray Lewis had a big big effect I think on on having Cam back when he talked about you know I would never let money get in the way of me being in battle with my brothers and and I think that that had a real impact on Cam Chancellor and I think I think it's true and and uh so look we can we can play all the different games we want about he said she said and what it meant but he's back yep Everybody else is not happy about it. Everybody that's a Seahawks fan is, and let's go. You know, let's 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 get this team back together. And look, Dave, people want to look at zero and two. The 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 if if you put a game on a difficulty scale one to ten, that Packers game was nine and a half. No doubt. There's not another game on this schedule that's above an eight. Right. Right. So you know, this team can win as many of the rest of the games as they choose to win. So, you know, from here on out, it's it's fresh start. I don't want to hear anything about history and statistics, and that's coming from a guy that pays a lot of attention to it. This team's got what it takes to get as far as they want to get. Let's just see them Let's see them bring it together yeah. and, and uh starts this week. I think uh, that was the toughest two-game stretch they'll see all year long as far as back-to-back games. I mean, Saint there's Lewis not been many Green tougher Bay. stretches in past history. No, I mean, I no think doubt. they had the home against Arizona and then the Thursday at San Francisco last right. year that I thought was going to be really tough. And, right. and you know, that, that worked out. But, you know, I think they're in good shape. I think they've got some tough games for sure down the road. But um, I think we're going to start seeing a team that offensively, defensively, and special teams um, is going to be tough to beat. And, uh, you know, I'll also say, I don't know how you feel, but that Packer team, if we end up having to go back there in, in the playoffs, I'm not scared of going back there and, and having to play that team again. Yeah, It's tough, but they are not world beaters. And, and uh, I, think, I think that whole stadium realized how uh, precarious that game was for them the whole way. What was the atmosphere like when the Hawks got up 17-13? Oh, my God. I mean, it wasn't even then. It was, it was you know, all along. But, you know, when the Seahawks scored their first touchdown, it was silence. People were muttering to themselves. People were concerned. Then they scored the second touchdown. It was even quieter. You could just felt like, uh, you know, we're realizing our worst fears here. We're just not that good. They're better than us. And – then, you know, the, some of the penalties that they felt like didn't go their way um, and people were screaming, you know, like, oh, they're doing it to us again. They're screwing us over. I 
hate Seattle. You know, uh, there's just a <laughs> it's a really weird uh, kind of small town perspective that they got going on there. Mm. Um, mm. But they uh, they love their team. They were fun to party with, and uh, for the most part, they were pretty uh, gracious afterwards. All right, listen, man, I'm glad you had a chance to go out there and enjoy it, and we'll see you at the clink on Sunday, pal. Good stuff. All right, man. See you, Dave. All right, Brian Nemhauser, Hawk Blogger on Twitter, at Hawk Blogger, the website, hawkblogger.com. Hey, thanks for checking this out, and we'll talk to you next week.